Hey everybody, uh, Ryan Molly here. So excited about today's guest. Um, this guy is an unbelievable local legend in the Meadville slash Crawford County slash Northwest Pennsylvania area. Uh, Justin Johnson. I think this is going to be probably one of the top hitters in terms of the Hey Sawbones podcast. Um, people have known him uh, from his high school athletics. Um, he has been an amazing uh, ambassador for high school athletics on the coaching side as well. So really uh, excited to bring him on today. And uh, you're not going to want to miss this. Remember, we've got the Sawbones Challenge at the end. So please stay tuned through the entire thing. Um, just a lot of good memories going back and forth, bringing up some some funny old stories from the past. So stay tuned. We'll be right with you. Hey, everybody. Welcome to Hey Sawbones, my story, my passion. I'm Dr. Ryan Molly, your host, uh, orthopedic surgeon, cutter of bones, uh, business owner, entrepreneur. And uh, this is really the nitty gritty of who I am, kind of what makes me tick, both personally and professionally. And today's episode, I am so excited about our guests. Um, I grew up with this guy. He's a local legend in the Crawford County, kind of northwest Pennsylvania area. Um, if you haven't heard of him, you'll probably recognize him when you see him. And his story is great. Um, our story, just kind of growing up together, is a very interesting. This is going to be a lot of fun. You're definitely going to want to stick around for this entire episode. Remember, we have the Sawbones Challenge at the end. So uh, without further ado, I'd like to welcome Justin Johnson. Hey. How are you, buddy? Thanks. Nice to, nice to be here. Yeah. So tell me a little bit about yourself. I mean, I know a lot of it, like where you grew up, but our listeners don't. Yeah. Well, I grew up in Segertown, Pennsylvania, which is the neighboring school to where you went to school at Maplewood. And, um, I have a, you know, grew up in a great household. My parents have been together for a long time. Gosh, cut probably going on 60 years. And, um, I have an older brother and sister and I just sort of, you know, I've always been a Crawford County guy. I have lived there my whole life. Um, I moved away briefly for two years of college at Indiana PA and I came back to, to go to Edinburgh and I never, uh, I, n I never left. Um, <laughs> I've, so since then, I've been doing a lot of different things, uh, but mainly I've been a vo boys volleyball coach at Sager County and girls volleyball coach. Yeah, I, you when you sent me kind of your information, 23 years. Yeah, 23 years in coaching. Um, I, I coached the junior high boys basketball team at Sager Town first. Then I was the JV boys volleyball coach. And then since then, I've kind of done most of those things again at one point to kind of fill in for people. Um, but the last like eight years, I was the girls and boys volleyball coach and then 21 years as the varsity boys volleyball coach at Sagertown. Yeah, that's a lot of years you don't I mean we're the same age but you don't seem old enough to me to have over 20 years of like high school coaching experience yeah well when I came back from from going to school at Indiana that was one of the things that I did you know I just jumped right into the coaching thing uh, I was commuting at Embro, so it was easy to make it to practice and do those kind of things and um you know I've been a gym rat you know this we we were gym rats when we were kids um you never but, lost that. Nope, never lost it. I still am, still love it, still love going in there every day, and it's it's great. It's a lot of fun still. 
So kind of going back, because, I mean, we kind of grew up together. Mm -hmm. I mean, different schools. Um, your brother and my oldest sister dated at one point. Um, I, I don't specifically remember, like, the first time that I met you, but I just have very, very fond, like, childhood memories of, you know, family trips where it, it was a annual tradition where the Johnsons, the Hagers, the Richards, and the Mollies would go to Hershey, Pennsylvania yep. to watch the PIAA High School State uh, basketball championships. Yeah, I mean, I think that was, I mean, at that time, I mean, if you go back to, I think the first time I was there was when the Meadville Bulldogs were in the state championship game. Uh, that was 1987. Um, so, you know, we were 10 years old. Were the Was that the Burnett? Yeah. Were they both playing at that time? Yeah. Yep. Burnett brothers, Michael yep. and Donald. Yep. Michael and Donald. Yep. Michael was, he graduated that year. And then uh, I think Donald was a year old than my brother. So he would have graduated like in 89. So yeah. yeah. So that's Norm my price, first. right? Yep. We coach were just price. talking about him. Yep. Coach price, legendary coach price. One of my good friends, uh, great guy, uh, a lot of fun to do things with, you know, and that's kind of how we met each other. Probably first is through basketball, not only that trip, but I mean, we probably met each other first at a basketball camp somewhere, to be honest yeah. with you. I mean, we we're going to basketball camp since we were very little. And there was a lot of them around here at the time. And we spent most of our summers growing up, you know, going to three or four basketball camps every summer. I was uh, Ryan Ray, one of my good buddies. Um, he actually did the, the the opening song and the closing song for this podcast. An extremely talented musician, but he was a heck of an athlete back in the day. And yep. we were watching the last game of the NBA finals. And we were just talking about basketball camps, you know, our favorite camps growing up. I mean, there was the, the Maplewood camp, which Bill Hager ran. Um, there was a Cochrane camp, which I always went to. There was an Allegheny camp, which I always went to. The Edinburgh overnight one was my favorite. Yeah, the Edinburgh overnight camp was the most fun. I I don't know, uh, you know, staying up late, staying up all night, <laughs> having to get up early in the morning and play basketball. You know, you're hanging out with your buddies, meet so many cool guys. You know, we met so many, you know, I always tell people this. Everything that's ever happened to me that has been good in my life has happened to me because of sports. The relationships that I've made uh, the bonds that I've made with, you know, the, the players that I played with when I was growing up to the players that I have now and their parents and everything that happens. Uh, I've always told people everything that's ever happened. Good, good to me in my life has been through sports. Yeah. No, I, I would say a lot of my memories and, and most positive experiences too were kind of the same thing. I'm just thinking about the people that we ran into at those camps. Remember Luke Laird? Yeah. 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 I mean, he's now like one of the most famous country music writers. Yeah. Yep, he lives in Nashville and yeah. um, amazing talent. Yep. Do you remember like he would bring his guitar to basketball camp and I we'd do. go to his room and we'd hang out late and he'd be playing and the, the coaches, which were not that much older than us, no, you no. know, they were like just in high school or just out of high school. They'd come, Hey, be quiet, quiet down. Or they'd make us go do plyometrics at, you know, 11 o'clock at night yep. on the tennis courts. Cause we were misbehaving, but yep. Great Scott Pilatus and uh, my good friend Tim Houck made us do a lot of push-ups during <laughs> those camps. Yeah, I remember Casey Kerberger, uh, Brian Shoup, but yeah, yeah. Scott Pilatus, Donnie Plyler. Yeah, he used to he used to go there too. Yeah. So I mean, you, you a little thirsty? Yeah, I'm a little thirsty. Yeah. So one of the things I always do is you know I try to do a little bit of research to find out what my favorite, uh, my what my guest's favorite drinks are. Mm -hmm. So you texted me, you said, "Hey, I'm a Miller Lite guy." So, yep. I mean, yep. Two things. I mean, we're 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 gonna drink some Miller Lite together. Okay. And you kind of surprised me when you were walking up the driveway, and he had the the Larry Bird uh, shirt on because, again, when we were growing up, it was Nathan Hager, Justin Johnson, Ryan Molly. It was Magic Johnson for for Nathan. It was Larry Bird for you, and it was always Michael Jordan for myself. So yeah, um, another I think little I surprise most resembled, here. Most resembled him, you know, you know, kind of slow and couldn't jump, but you know, I don't know if that you resembled Michael that much. <laughs> Yeah, because I was slow, couldn't jump <laughs> and do any of those things either. But uh, maybe the darker hair, that yeah. would be really pretty much the only thing. Yeah, but that was a lot of fun. I mean, like I said, you know, just we didn't spend, if you came over to my house or we went over to the Hagers or I went over to your house, we didn't spend any time inside. We were outside, you know, all the time. Yeah, we were. And I, I do remember if we were inside at your house, you had that like indoor court in oh, your yeah. living room, yeah. like a little Nerf. Yeah. In there, you had I think you had tape on the floor too, right? Yep, tape on the floor. It was just like a looked just like an arena in there. You know, you'd play the warm up music coming out. It was great. I, I think we need to just make this a little bit more official okay. while we're, while we're doing this podcast. I mean, you've got that on, but yeah. like, let's let's suit up. Let's suit up little, here. 
bringing it back memories. Jesus, this is going to fit me. That's perfect. <laughs> perfect. Looks good. Yeah. There we go. So now we're, now we're ready to get to work here. Yeah. We, got, we, we made it official. So we'll start with you. Mm-hmm. Um, well, I guess let's cheers here first. Yep. So first and foremost, thanks for coming on. Yeah, thanks for having me. I've I was been looking forward to this all week since you, uh, you know, about a week ago, you got a hold of me and asked me if I wanted to do this. And I've really been looking forward to it and spending some time with you and, you know, hopefully get to play around the golf after this and, you know, hang out a little more. So it was supposed to rain, but it looks like the weather is, yep. is going to be on our yep. side here. So Cheers, salut. Buddy. Yeah, so Jared and I's drink was uh, was bush heavy. Oh, okay. That's we, a Crawford yeah, County staple. Yeah, we had some we had some interesting stories um, and memories with that. Do you have any interesting stories with with the Miller Lite? Oh man, geez, probably T- too, too many. many. Probably too many to count or bring up. You know, I don't know if my mom's gonna be watching this or not. But hey, uh, Alice, how you doing? <laughs> um, I've always been a Miller Lite guy, so it's kind of been like one of those things. You know, the Bob Euchre commercials from back in the day. Oh it, yeah, it's great, less filling. Um, I've always loved those. And of course, Major League is probably one of my favorite movies of all time. So I think, you know, I decided, you know, when I was, uh, you know, drinking age, which is you know, probably 16. younger than the legal drinking <laughs> age, uh, I decided I was a Miller Lite guy. So yeah. I, I don't I don't vary too often. But Yeah. So you're a loyal, loyal guy with that. I am. I am. I enjoy it. It's it always has tasted well to me. I'm not much of a craft beer drinker. Um, I'm not much of a wine drinker. I'm a I'm just a normal beer drinking guy most of the time. You're, you're Crawford County through and through. Yeah. yeah right? Yep. Yeah. So let's get started. So, um, again, rules of engagement. You're going to ask me three questions, mm-hmm. business questions first, then personal questions. Um, you can ask me anything. And uh, the, the rules go both ways here. You okay. can veto one question. If I, if I really ask you one you don't want to okay. answer, I will tell you, to date, you're the fourth guest. No one's vetoed anything yet. Okay. So don't, don't be the first guy. Yeah, I won't be the first guy. I'll All answer right. the question. Okay. Let's go. So fire away. Fire away. The very first thing I wanted to ask you, you know, business-wise is, you know, when you replaced my first knee here, my right knee, um, I was only 37 years old. And I had gone to many uh, orthopedic places and orthopedic surgeons and all those kind of things. And I was getting the same answer from them over and over again. You're too young. We we can't replace that knee. You're too young. And, of course, uh, when I came to see you, you decided that – it was time for me to have that knee replaced. And I never heard out of your mouth, you know, you're too young. What's your thought process for like younger patients and when it's the right time for them to have a joint replacement? Yeah. So that's a very common question that I get asked. It's usually by people that are even older that think they're really young, like in their mid to late fifties, which is still relatively young for a joint replacement. Yes. I mean, my average age is probably closer to 65. Uh, so yeah, at 37, you were definitely very young on the, on the very low end of that bell curve. Um, the, the youngest joint replacement I've ever done was a 26-year-old female. It was a hip. She had a, um, a dysplastic hip from a congenital condition. And the oldest patient that I've ever replaced a joint on was 103 years old, and it was a knee replacement. So if you fall between those two numbers, you know, we, we can probably do it. Um, the old adage was like, you wait until you just can't take it anymore until you're, you're older. What, well, what's older, right? And the other thing too is like, Age is just a number. And the way I look at this is it is a quality of life decision, right? Because when you came to see me, you were at a point where like your quality of life was deteriorating, your, your functional abilities to be active and do things that you like to do, whether it was golf, coach, whatever it was, you were, you were struggling. So I, I always tell my patients, I'll never tell you when you need a joint replacement, you'll tell me when you're ready. Um, but that one thing that we need to keep in mind is, yes, you were 37 and you're still young. You're 44 now, mm-hmm. right? And you've had... By the way, side note, he's had a, a total knee replacement on the right knee and um, bilateral, so two-sided uh, hip replacements just within the past six months or so. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, you are young, um, and you just need to understand that that's probably not the last time that someone, whether it's myself or another surgeon, is going to be in your knee or your hip. Now, again, go back to that quality of life thing. We want to be able to get you – I'm never going to save your life by doing a hip or knee replacement, right? There's nothing yeah. sexy, elaborate about what I do. Um, but it's a quality of life operation. It's an elective operation, but you want to be able to like understand that regular checkups, one years, two years, five years, 10 years to make sure that your knee, your hips, everything is still in good position. Nothing's wearing out, coming loose. And the fact that 
if the metal parts say stay stable, which I think that they will, um, maybe in 20 years we're looking at a plastic change. So it, it's kind of like when your your car tires go bald, um, you don't go get a brand new car because of that. You just replace the tires. Yeah. Yeah, and and you know I, I think you know I, looking back on it, uh, you know some doctors were like, well, you're going to have to have this done again at some point, you know, and I thought to myself, well, you know, first of all, what's the technology going to be like in 20 years when I have to have it done again? Yeah, um, is it going to be way better? Is it going to be a way easier procedure? Obviously, within the last 20 years, these procedures have gotten way easier to begin with because my mother. Has had her both her knees replaced and both her hips replaced, and that recovery, you know, twenty five years ago, thirty years ago, was was a lot different than what mine was. Yeah, I mean, they were staying, you know, seven days in the hospital, five to seven days in a hospital twenty twenty five years ago. Now, all of your joint replacements, you went home the same day. Yeah, right. Yeah. And I yeah. mean, that's a ninety five percent of the hip or knee replacements I do today go home the same day. You're not sick. Now, that doesn't mean that everybody goes home the same day. There's people yeah. that are older, maybe they don't have help at home. Maybe they're medically a little bit more compromised, and, and a one-night stay in the hospital is uh, maybe more appropriate for them. But all in all, um, yeah, I mean, technologies have come a long ways. Um, again, my hopes and, and beliefs are that if you do a well-done operation, you put the parts in correctly in terms of the position and the orientation and the sizing, um, it should last a long time, just like if you're putting cars on a car tire or on a car, right? You want to make sure that they're properly aligned, they're properly balanced, and if so... They should last a while, and then when the day comes, you, you just need maybe a new plastic liner. Yeah. What else? Um, so, like, another professional question here real quick. Uh, obviously, I'm a Crawford County guy. We've talked about that. And uh, you decided to keep your office in Meadville, <laughs> PA. And, of course, you, you built a beautiful building um, in downtown Meadville. Uh, that has really done a lot to spruce up downtown Meadville, which needs some sprucing up a little bit, you yeah. know. Um, so what made you want to stay in the Meadville area? Um, I'm, you live in Erie. Uh, you do most of your surgical work in, in Hermitage. You know, what made you wanted to keep that office in Meadville? Yeah, so, you know, driving has never been, um, a, or a driving a distance or a commute to work has never been an obstacle for me. When I was in uh, practice in Metro Detroit, which I was for about five years before moving back home, um, I drove close to an hour, one way, every day. Um, I, I, my office was at the hospital where I did all of my surgery. So it wasn't a bunch of different places, but that was a more frustrating commute for me because it was, you know, a four-lane highway, right? So you'd get rush hour, You'd be paused. It was like a parking lot. The, the distance wasn't that far, whereas now it's an easy drive. It's an easy commute. I actually like it because it allows me to do podcasts in the morning. It allows me to do audiobooks. It allows me to just kind of have my time, which I don't get much of with three young, busy boys. Um, so, But to answer your question, why did I decide to be in Meadville? So when I moved back here in 2015, um, you know, it was an amazing opportunity to, to, to move back to kind of my hometown community where my dad taught for 32 years and um, the, the ability to operate on like, like my people, right? The people that helped shape me and helped teach me. I can't tell you how many teachers I've done joint replacements on, family, friends, um, you know, colleagues, people that are my age. Um, and to me, it was like, this, this is my town. This is my area. And um, although I live in Erie, that was more of a decision for my wife because she's a city girl. Right. And, and she wouldn't really I won't say she wouldn't fit in in Crawford County, but she needs like stuff and activity. And so that was kind of the compromise when we moved away from her family in Michigan back. It was like, can we at least live in Erie so that, you know, I can have access to this or that, which she still thinks Erie is way too small. Yeah. But it, it's a nice hybrid, I guess. Yeah. And, um, you know, I just I'm a, I'm a hometown guy. I love supporting local. So you mentioned the office, but literally every contractor, subcontractor contractor was a local person all this work in this wine room was was the same crew that built my office yeah and the same you know stones these are from a pennsylvania um quarry they're, they're, these aren't like cultured stones these are actual stones that amishmen quarried in pennsylvania and the, all the barnwood you see is barnwood that is on from liona road um a half a mile from my parents place so i i'm just a i'm a local guy and um i love being able to kind of give back to that community yeah so, per personal questions? 
personal questions? Yeah. Um, so how involved uh, are your, you got three boys, right? Yeah. How involved are they in athletics? Whew, tremendously. Um, so they each play travel baseball. Uh, they play for the Erie Steelheads uh, organization, which uh, last year they were on three different organizations. There's a lot of travel teams in Erie, but in order to make it a little bit easier for Karen and I to get kids to and from practice, tournaments, things like that, um, we decided to go with one organization. And um, they have a great organization that's run by um, either current or formal former college baseball player so it's not nothing against dads that are coaching but like it's it's not daddy ball right it's yeah. it's you got kids that are uh, guys that play division two some division one division three baseball so they all do that which right now we're in the thick of baseball season uh santino our middle son is a, is a really big into basketball he's actually at the mcdowell basketball camp this week nice. um he's doing i think the mercer's basketball camp next week uh lucas says he wants to play basketball next year and wants me to coach that um, and then they all play kind of like flag football. And then Anthony just picked up golf. Santino's starting golf this summer. So they're always doing something. And, and quite honestly, w when I, when Karen and I had kids, I was very worried about like the technology piece and like raising kids that all they wanted to do was be on their phone or be on their iPad. But our boys are constantly outside. And if you come by, like literally before you came here, one of the neighbor boys came over and rang the doorbell. I thought it was you. Yeah. I went out and he was about three foot tall. I said, that's not Justin. And he was asking if the boys could play, and I said they'll be back in a little bit. So that's interesting you say that because uh, you, you know, of course, technology is a big part of every young person's life. You know, but so I've been coaching for so long, I kind of have been there. You know, before the social media aspect and before the mobile phone, really. You know, where every kid had a mobile phone and all the way up through all of it. And you know, I don't really, I can't really say that it's really changed. You know, they, my kids' work ethic really too much. You know, they seem to be, you know, they want me to open up the gym. They want me to, they want me to make them better. They want me to open up the weight room, those kind of things. So it's interesting you say that because I feel like young people get a kind of a bad rap nowadays. You know, we older people like ourselves now that we're getting older kind of have, uh, you know, syndrome that, well, it's not as good as when we were around. Exactly, yeah. Kind of stuff. I'm guilty of that, too. Yeah, I'm guilty of that, too. And, and maybe some aspects of life aren't as good as when we were around. I think it was a little simpler, you know, when, when we were growing up and playing sports and things like that. Uh, there wasn't as much, you know, like we said, social media, you know, for them to worry about. Um, but, you know, I've had some fantastic young people over the last seven or eight years when really that's really come, you know, come full circle to social media stuff. Just really great. Uh, hardworking, respectful, great students. Uh, been very fortunate. Yeah. And I think the area too, like Northwest Pennsylvania, especially down in Crawford County, like you, you can, it's like you can take the boy out of the country, but can never take the country out of the boy. Yeah. And, and I feel like, and I don't just mean boys, girls too, but like, I feel like there's still that mentality of, of down. And like, that was one of my fears too with our boys is like, not that we live in this huge city, but like, how are they going to, how am I going to instill in them kind of like the worth work ethic that my father instilled in me? Cause I mean, you know, I grew up on a farm. Yeah. So I was doing hay in the summer, was doing chores in the winter. Although my sisters would say I didn't, but I yeah. did. And, um, <laughs> you know, but it was like simple life, but like taught you how to do hard work. There was a funny story that Jared and I talked about on a previous episode of when we had to go get feed for, and, and he got his beer muscles and we got our beer muscles from drinking Bush. So, um, but yeah, I think it, it is important. So I try to send the boys off down to, you know, we call it Camp Cherry Lane, which is where my sister Shannon and her husband Chris live and uh, give them a little bit of that country life too. Yeah, that's great. Yeah. What else? Well, um, I guess I'm kind of sort of interested because uh, we kind of lost a little bit of, con I mean, we lost a little contact there, you know, between, um, you know, high school and then kind of, we kind of both went off to college and started doing our own thing. And then we didn't link up again until, um, you know, until our late thirties probably. Again, yeah. Where we started hanging out and talking to each other again. Um, so I, I don't know much about your wife really. So uh, tell me how you met and all that stuff. Yeah. So um if you would have asked me this 15 years ago, I would have been probably pretty shy to kind of talk about it. Um, I actually think I talked about this on a previous episode of, the, of one of this uh, of this podcast, but we actually met um, online, so Match.com. So when I moved to Michigan, I was in my internship getting ready to start my residency, so it was super busy, and I, I didn't have time. I wasn't looking to go date 20 different women, and I was at that point where I wanted to settle down. 
right? And I and I didn't want to go out like, where am I going to find this person? I'm not going to, what I say, um, you know, poop in my own lunchbox, so to speak. So I never really dated anybody from like the hospital or work or anything like that. I tried to kind of set that boundary. Um, and I wasn't going to go out to bars to meet somebody. I just didn't feel like that was in my best interest or, you know, it wasn't, I didn't have time to do that. So where, where was I going to do this? And reluctantly, I signed up for uh, Match.com and I literally only went on two dates. Um, and they were both Greek girls because that's just what I'm attracted to. And you'll get a chance to meet her here once we're, we're yeah. done with this podcast. But uh, so my wife's awesome. She's she's Greek. She's beautiful. Uh, she has dark hair, dark complexion, dark eyes. Um, but she is the most patient individual that I've ever met, which is exactly like what I need because I feel like there's certain people that, you know, like say Jared Oaks, you know, he could be compatible and someone could be compatible with him probably 80% of the time. He's a great guy, great personality, pretty easygoing. Whereas like I'm on the other end of that bell curve where like it'd be very, very challenging to have a, to find that person that works not for me, but also me for them because I am so committed to what I do, my day job. That doesn't mean that like I don't, because we get away. Like we were in Hawaii a couple weeks ago. We were just away, as I mentioned earlier, at the Grand Resort down in Warren, Ohio. When I'm working, I'm working. When I'm with my family, I'm with my family. But it doesn't mean that like, it's sometimes hard for me to shut it off. And so her best quality is, again, the ability to be super patient and to really kind of see things from somebody else's perspective. So she kind of talks me, I won't say off the ledge, but like, she puts perspective in my life where sometimes I can get so ultra focused on, hey, this is what's going on and I get overwhelmed by it. And she kind of just brings me back down to reality. That's good. Yeah. She, the, the yang for my yang or vice versa. Yeah. yeah. So ready to roll reverse this? Me ask you some questions? Yeah, that's fine. So work questions. Um, mm-hmm. When you emailed me, it was kind of funny. You said, I've had a lot of jobs, yeah. right? Um, I guess just briefly kind of walk me through that. And you, you mentioned one and I'll let you kind of tell this, but you said this is this is probably my all-time favorite job. Yeah. So, well, I started out, uh, you know, while while I was commuting to Edinburgh, um, I started out working at Bethesda Children's Home. Um, that's where I started my career journey, I guess. Um, and I was like a child care counselor there. Then I moved on to working at uh, working at like Edinburgh University and Penn State Barron. Not for the university. I actually worked for a gentleman that has a place down the road from you. Um, and I was kind of like his head of maintenance. I was doing some like, I've always had like two jobs on top of my coaching thing. It's just kind of like the way that I am. Um, I always like to be really busy because if I'm not, then I tend to get in a little bit of trouble. Yeah, <laughs> so, I'm same way. So um, anyways, uh, I started working at the college like as a head of maintenance or whatever. And then I moved on to... Um, the Crawford County Care Center, where I became kind of like the head of maintenance, laundry, and housekeeping there. And I did that for about five or six years. And about five years ago, I made a switch uh, professionally that I never thought that I would ever do. Uh, I became a salesman at Fame RV. Uh, and that's been a lot of fun. Uh, great family owns that business, and and we've had a lot of fun working there the last five years and, and, and all that stuff. But you go back to the, what my number one favorite job is, is, you know, I've had some uh, bartending jobs in the past and it's by far. Were they like paid or like celebrity bartending? Because no, I, no, I, I could see you being like a celebrity bartender. No, I was, I was paid. I worked, uh, worked for my good friends at uh, Willie G's at Bill and Linda and Bill and Linda Geiger owned that <coughs> for a while. Uh, I worked for them. That was probably most, my most recent gig. And before that, I worked at the bar in Sega kind of a little bit in a couple of places in Meadville. But it was never like a full time thing. It was always like one day a week or sometimes two days a week. And I just loved it because I just love talking to the people and having a good time. And to me, uh, you know, that's your local watering hole sitting around BSing with everybody is. So this is very natural for you. Yeah, this is very natural <laughs> for me. It, it's 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 really just a lot of fun. And, and you know, I was all those joint problems I've had, I was really bummed out that I had to stop that because I just couldn't be on my feet for eight or nine hours, you know, for a bartending shift. Anymore. Yeah. Um, but I'm hoping to get back to it here soon, you know, so I think I'll, I'll be able to feeling pretty good. So. You, you mentioned that when you made the switch and went to fame, and I love giving local shout outs. Who, who owns fame? You mentioned it's uh, the Bidwell family does. So right now uh, it's Derek Bidwell um, and then be his cousin, Brenda Bailey, who was Brenda Bidwell formerly. Okay. Uh, Brenda and I went to high school together. We've been friends. Our families have been friends for a long time. Um, 
and she was kind of the one that you know pushed me into working for them. And then Derek actually coached in volleyball and junior high basketball when he was growing up. So they're great people to work for. Um, just a lot of fun. So uh, you you mentioned though that you said it didn't seem like something I would ever do, like sales, like knowing you and your your personality, the way you carry yourself. You mentioned the bartending piece and 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 just the water and hole the conversations. Like you seem like a very natural salesman. I would say that uh, I wouldn't. Should, maybe I should rephrase that. I would never thought I would be like selling cars or RVs or something like that. I see myself selling, you know, going to a hospital and selling medical supplies or something like that. I could okay. see myself doing something like that. But to actually like, you know, I never really liked to be like pushed by car salesmen and things like that. And when I went to work there, I told them, I was like, listen, I am not going to be like pushy. I'm not going to give people wine and BS. I'm like, I'm, I just, it's just not who I am. I was like, I can talk to people till I'm, till they fall over. But I was like, I, I have to be honest and not pushy and all that kind of things. And they're like, oh no, we're really low pressure here. And that's actually worked out very well for us as a business and me as a salesperson. Yeah. I mean, I kind of sense that because um, I know your parents, you know, Joe and Alice, and I know your brother and your sister and just the family that kind of groomed you, raised you. Um, it's about culture. It's about being genuine. It's about being honest. It's about being having integrity. And so I, I respect that about you. Yeah. And the fact that like, I would, I don't think I'd be a very good like car salesman either. I, I guess to a certain extent, we all are salesmen to a certain degree. Yeah. Um, but like, I never try to push somebody into something, whether it's a surgery or this or that, like they'll know when it's time, but like the same thing, like that's super respectful. Yeah. That, that you can do that. Well, one of the things is if you work with kids long enough, which I have, especially young people, you know, especially that seventh, eighth, ninth, you know, that junior high age, they, uh, they can see right through your BS, you know, you, can, you, <laughs> you can't they, hide it. No. And then they're very honest with you back. You know, a lot of times, you know, if you're trying to, you know, pull something over on them, they're like, well, that's, you know, you did this a month ago. You know, you told me this a month ago and now you're telling me this, you know, yeah, they, they don't forget things. Whereas, you know, adults, sometimes you can kind of, kind of forget what you told them a month ago or, or whatever so but working with kids you got to be on top of your game all the time yeah so i guess my last kind of business question is if you none of the jobs that you've done what would be your dream job outside of anything you've ever done oh boy none of the jobs that i've ever done um that's a tough one let me think about that for a second i mean i guess uh I guess it sort of goes along with the bartending thing, but I would love to own a bar myself someday. I don't know if that'll ever happen because there's a lot of BS that goes along with it. Um, yeah. So it's necessarily not bartending, I guess, but I would love to own like a little place where people go and watch sports and hang out and, you know, have a good time. What would you call it? Well, because I guarantee you've thought about this. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Everybody calls me, uh, everybody calls me J Bone. So it'd be called J Bone. So. Kind of like Sawbones, but J-Bones. Yeah, yep. Everybody calls me J-Bones, so that's kind of my little nickname in Sagertown. So, uh, I've worked on J-Bones three times. Yeah, that's right. So I guess the personal questions, right? So growing up, I mean, who was your biggest... It could be a local person. It could be a celebrity. But who was your kind of mentor slash idol growing up? Oh, geez. Uh, definitely probably my brother, Joe. Um and my father, but definitely my, my brother, Joe, for sure. You know, he was just like the perfect age older than me. Um, he was 10 years, basically 10 years older than me. So, you know, we shared a room growing up for a lot of those, for a lot of those years while he was home before he went to college. And of course he was a great basketball player, a great athlete, great baseball player. And, you know, he was just, he's just always been my go-to guy for, for everything. Uh, especially when I was younger, I just thought that he walked on water, you know, he could do no and, you know, a lot of times he, he didn't do very many things wrong. But, you know, he was just the guy that I, I looked up to. I just thought he was just, you know, so great. And I still do. I still He's a great guy. He's a principal now. Uh, he has been for a long time down at Moon in high school. High school, He's got two great kids, great, great family, great wife. Um, you know, I still look up to him to this day. But, I mean, definitely when I was growing up, you know, I thought, you know, I, I was going to watch him, you know, playing for the Celtics someday or something. I, I think I thought the same thing growing up because he was at our house quite a bit with dating Alice. And I, you know, I go through some old photo albums here and there and there's some great photos of you, me, Nathan Hager, Jared Oaks in our basement, like new year's Eve parties. And there's one that your brother's there. And he was, 
same age difference from you and I and, and him and what about almost a decade yeah older and, and I looked up to him too I was like man this guy's tall he's athletic he's a great basketball player um and he was funny my goodness was he funny and just witty and there's a photo though where I we had him putting a bar of soap in his mouth I don't remember the exact backstory okay. I remember Kristen McCaskey was in that photo too but uh just some fun times with yeah. you with your brother oh yeah he's a good he's a fun time still a great time uh been do you unwind with him ever oh yeah oh yeah we have a camp uh over you know by hunters Inn. okay um i've heard of that place yeah and we have he comes up all the time he spends a lot of time there uh we go out there sit by the fire drink a couple beers you know uh we do a lot of things together as far as chasing his 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 kids around i try to go to all my niece and nephew stuff if i can mars was a little younger, so it was hard to get to some of her game, volleyball matches and stuff like that because they're always after school. But uh, she's getting, she'll be in 10th grade next year, so she'll be getting some varsity playing time, hopefully, and I'll be able to go to some of those matches. But I've missed very few of Logan's uh, basketball and football games over the last couple of years. What grade is he in now? He's going to be a senior. Wow. I've yeah. seen some photos of him. And uh, I th was it your brother that was, your parents were at one of your hip replacements. I think it was your first. And yeah. I think your brother was there for your second. Yeah. And it was great. I hadn't seen him in probably 20 some years. Yeah. And to be able to come out and, and I was kind of surprised when I saw him and, you know, uh, but he was showing me some photos of, of your nephew. Yeah. And uh, he's quite a, quite an athlete. It sounds like. Yeah. He's a great athlete. Um, he, he's a very good football player and a great basketball player. Uh, hopefully he'll, you know, get the opportunity to play at the next level somewhere. Um, probably football. I'm guessing if I had to, if I had to pick one for him, but uh, yeah, and he plays at a big school. He plays at North Hills. They're five A and everything. So, wow. you know, he started on the football and basketball team since he was a sophomore. You know, that's I mean, so he's he's got the athletic Johnson genes. So that that's definitely something I really really enjoy is watching him play because I don't have any kids of my own. So yeah, but kind of that kind of leads me into my next question: is your commitment to high school athletics and um you coach jo's too yep, for yep. so like what's your favorite this is like a two-part question but it's only going to count for one okay your your favorite moment in coaching over the past 20 some years and your least favorite moment in coaching oh geez well i mean i'll probably have to give you a few of my favorites That's fine. um definitely probably my favorite one of my favorite moments in coaching was in 2007 I had been coaching for about four years. Uh, Segertown boys volleyball had never won District 10 championship. Uh, I had a group of guys that uh, I had coached since they were in seventh grade in volleyball and in junior high basketball. Um, and they ended up winning the District 10 championship for the first time. We beat Maplewood. And uh, that was just Was a Sheila great... coaching then or um, who was the coach? Sheila was coaching at the time. Okay. Um, and it was just it was just a fantastic moment for us. I mean, we had never Segertown volleyball had been around for a while. Never won District 10, and it was the first time. And it really was kind of gave us a springboard. You know, since then, we've won it six times. Wow. Lost in the state championship game a couple times. Um, so that was probably one of my favorite moments coaching. The other one would probably be in 2011. Uh, we, we were the fifth place uh, team uh, in going into the District 10 tournament, and we ended up playing in the state championship game. We won District 10, got hot, and just went all the way to the state finals. Did you ever foresee that at the beginning of that season? No, I did not foresee that at the beginning of that season. We had a lot of ups and downs. Uh, that was a that was one of my most favorite groups of people to coach, but it was also challenging personality-wise uh, between myself. I'm not giving myself a free pass here, and uh, some of the some of the guys on the team we kind of clashed a little bit, and it was just uh, it's one of those things where you learn a lesson. Um, about life where you're like uh you, you have to sometimes give a little to get a little yeah and you know i was still was fair, fairly young coach then and i was hard-headed and it was my way or the highway and i kind of something happened during that season i kind of backed off of that a little bit and it really was uh the reason why you know we ended up being so successful then i probably have one more um well, Justin Greco, Justin Headley, she, yeah. she was a she was a girls volleyball coach this past season, but before this past season, I was there for eight years in the in the girls volleyball program. Um, we we really struggled the first few years, um, like not good at all. Um, and then, you know, the second to last season that I was there, we won District Ten with the girls, and I think 
you know, that was a lot of hard work uh, between myself and really the main guy behind it all was uh, Tim Houck. Uh, he's been, he was my head volleyball coach when I was in high school, my senior year. And then Maplewood he, guy. Maplewood guy. Yep. And then he was my, he's been my assistant volleyball coach for a long time, both the boys and the girls. And he did a lot. He put in a lot of time with those girls and we finally <coughs> got to the top of the mountain there. And unfortunately, the thing that happened there was that was the, the year of COVID. So oh. um, there wasn't very many fans in the stands and all that kind of thing. So that kind of took away from it. So I would say that that probably would be one of the worst things about coaching was the COVID year. Yeah. Uh, I did not enjoy any of that at all. Um, but like I said, we had a great team and, and girls and boys volleyball that season. And it was just tough to negotiate all those kind of things that were going on at that time. Well, especially like boys because boys volleyball is a spring sport yep. and that season just got canceled. Yep. The guys that are seniors this year, um, they, they did not have a freshman season, you know, and of course there was a senior group that year that didn't have a get to play yeah, their senior year. That's rough. Yeah. And that, that's, uh, that's my least favorite probably coaching moment was having to cancel that season. Uh, not only for the development of our program, but the seniors that I had that year, um, you know, they had been in the volleyball program since they were in fourth or fifth grade also, you know, and then all of a sudden, you know, that's your crescendo. That's your your senior year is where you have all your fun. It's where all your work, you know, all the hard work that you've put in over the years starts to pay off. And that's your team and you're the leaders and all those kind of things. And have that season get canceled for them. That was a bummer. Yeah. Well, I'm glad that that's kind of behind us. I mean, yeah. there's still some lingering effects, obviously, but that, that was rough on on. I think kids in particular, um, because number one, they couldn't go to school. Yeah. You know, they didn't have that social interaction. And then for the athletes to not be able to have that senior season. And, um, you know, I, Nick Bancroft is, is a buddy of mine too. And, and, you know, they were just coming off a state championship. Yeah. Right. Yep. And then they, they weren't able to have that season either. But, um, you know, at this point I always kind of try to break things up a little bit. Okay. Um, but before we go into the seventh inning sawbone shoe stretch, okay. um, one one last kind of question, but memory that kind of popped up while we were talking. It, it was it's a Hershey memory, okay. Um, and maybe we talked about this recently. Uh, my memory is not great because <laughs> there's so much busyness going on. But do you remember? Um, I'm going to paint the scene. We were in the hotel, and that okay. the, going to the games was great. Yeah, we'd buy the tickets way up top, and we'd sneak down. Oh yeah. But like the hotel time, going to the swimming pool, getting pizza late at night. And um, we thought we were living on, on the top of the world. Yeah. Like our parents would be in one room, having adult beverages. We'd be in the other room. But do you remember we were watching Glow Wrestling? Okay. And uh, the Konjowskis were there too. Yes. And Matt Konjowski got so excited watching. Glow was gorgeous ladies of, of wrestling. And most of them were pretty, but there was one that was not. Her uh, her name was Big Mama. Do you remember Big Mama? <laughs> I do remember this vaguely, yes. And Matt um, got so worked up with with Big Mama coming out, and and he was just like, almost like he was on steroids at the time. Yeah. And he grabbed Nathan Hager, and overhead body slammed him on the bed. Nathan bounced off the bed, bounced up, hit his head on the ceiling. And like, it had like a huge goose egg on it. Do you yeah, remember that? I do remember that. Yeah, I do remember that. Um, yeah. I mean, you know, people get accused nowadays of being helicopter parents, you know, a little bit. I don't think anybody would have accused any of our parents of being like that. No. I mean, pretty much when we were together and they were together, we were just running around doing crazy stuff. You yeah. know, they, they, weren't, they weren't ones to... Um, like kind of intervene, like if we got into an argument or something like that, you weren't running to them and getting any sympathy from them. Yeah, no, it, it was like get out of here, figure it out. Yeah, figure so to it speak. out. Yeah, I always, always thought that was, I always respect that. But I do remember Matt. Uh, Matt's Cambridge Springs number one sports fan and a huge uh, Cleveland fan. So I run into him now and again, and he has a lot of memories. I was going to say, so, tell him I said hello because I haven't seen him in years. Yeah, yeah, I see him every once in a while. His uh, his younger brothers. Uh, who are much younger than us, even um, that they're they're around still, and I see him see him all the time. And every once in a while, I'll be out at a bar or something having dinner, and and then we'll walk Matt, and you know we'll talk about some Cleveland Cavs basketball and some Browns football. And ask some, him about Glow and Big Mama. See I'll, if he remembers I'll, that. I'll have to ask him next time I see him. <laughs> so the next part is what we call the Sawbones uh, seventh inning shoe stretch. So um, everybody that 
knows me knows that I'm a I'm a pretty big shoe guy, particularly Jordans. You saw my Jordan collection earlier, yep. but um, I always ask my guests to kind of wear either your favorite pair of shoes or something that you really like. Like, what's what's your story behind this? What what are you wearing well, here today? I I didn't. I've I've gotten rid of so many shoes in the last like, you know, six, you know, seven years because of you know everything I had going on. <laughs> I'd wear a pair of shoes for like a month and I'd have to get rid of them. So. I kind of fell in love with a couple brands. Uh, New Balances are probably my favorite. And then these are the most recent ones I got. These are Sakonis. But I, uh, and I kind of wore them uh, out of default because I kind of give my shoes away after after I get done with them because I wear them for so little time that they're still in probably pretty good shape for most people. So I got a couple friends that I give them to or, you know, pass them on to somebody else. And you know, what size I, do you wear? I wear, I wear 13s. Okay. You got so, some big, big feet. Yeah. So that's why I kind of wore these, you know, cause they're brand new. I just got them. So I kind of thought that that kind of fit because any, any of the other kind of shoes that I would normally wear, like I used to, I used to be a big sneakerhead like yourself, but I just couldn't, you know, I used to love Nikes and they got to the point where they hurt. They, they didn't last very long for me and I would, they would, you know, hurt my joints and all that. We got to get thing. you some into some Jordans. Yeah, get me into some Jordans. Yeah, which I, I probably will drop the money on them now. You know, hopefully, if, you know, everything feels a lot better. So, yeah. So, I mean, I'm wearing the Jordan 1 Lows. These are the breads. Um, bread just means kind of the black red mm-hmm. combo, which is like the, the, the colorway of the Chicago Bulls. And uh, for those of you that haven't seen the air movie with matt damon have you seen it oh yeah that, uh, was, that was a great movie excellent movie i took my boys and i didn't realize i was like yeah it's rated r but it's a sneaker movie how bad yeah. could it be and other than some or not some a lot of foul language yeah which they've heard all this stuff yeah they loved it i loved it but the story right of just like the shoes and the negotiations from mrs jordan for up on behalf of her son but the the best part that i like about that whole story is the fact that like nike had so many balls to just say we're just going to pay the fine because at the time uh david stern was the commissioner and you had to have your shoes had to be at least 50 percent white yes right and the the this one which was a higher version though uh broke that rule and they were like ah we got to go back to the drawing board and the guys there were just like screw it let's just pay the fine and i mean they were so innovative in so many different ways number one with their like literally branding a shoe after an athlete as opposed to Larry Bird, Magic Johnson, hey, just wear our wear our Converse, our Converse yeah. shoes, which were not designed for them. They they just maybe they had the, the colors of their teams yeah. a little bit. Um, but yeah, I mean it was it was a bold move. Yeah. How much of that do you actually think was uh genius or how much of that do you actually think was kind of luck? Um because if you watch that movie, you're kind of like, well, these guys aren't reinventing the wheel here. They're just they're, they are kind of a little bit, you know, they're trying to revolutionize the shoe business. But, I mean, there had to be such, a, I mean, where the company was at that time with the basketball, it had to be such little room for air that luck had to be, you know. Such uh, oh, they, it, they could have fell flat on their face because they put so much, they put all their eggs in one basket, right? So what if Michael Jordan was a flop, yeah. right? What if he got injured and he did get injured in like season two, he, he broke his ankle, yeah. right? Uh, but that being said is like, what if he didn't continue to perform and he to this day, makes a statement he's like hey listen the shoes would never have sold themselves i and he you know there was the mars blackman uh commercial it's got to be the shoes and, and jordan was always about like it's my game right my game will do the talking and he just also had this knack for fashion and i will say like the jordan ones which at the time i thought they were hideous they were ugly and they weren't that the shape was pretty much the same as like converse shoes yeah but then boom like jordan 2 definitely my least favorite pair of jordans design wise and then jordan 3 it was like holy crap only yeah. two years later they came out with a pair that looked nothing like any other basketball shoe yeah, ever. really innovative yeah so but i think it's a little bit of both yeah. luck luck and um and i think a lot of those big you know home runs that that people or companies hit oftentimes it's a risk and sometimes you you, you go down swinging and sometimes you, you you hit one into the into the stands. Yeah, you weren't cool unless you had the little air bubble on your shoe back in the day. You know, oh you had, man, you had to have the little the, the little air bubble in there. So that was always a big deal. I can remember going shoe shopping with my parents and being like, "Mom, like, is it, how about this pair?" Like, no, no, it's not, it's not no, the air. no air bubble. No air bubble. <laughs> can't can't get it. Yeah, that was a huge thing. You know Tiffany Beers. Yeah, another local uh, legend. She grew up literally just uh, maybe four or five houses down the street from yeah. me. We were talking earlier about, you know, people working with, with Jordan, your Joe's yeah. college roommate. Did you know that Tiffany was at Nike yeah. for a very long period of time and 
did a lot of design shoes. The one that off the top of my head um, were the self-lacing ones from like Back to the Future. Back to the Future, yeah. See, that's the nice thing about, uh, you know, social media gets a bad rap for a lot of different reasons. But, you know, one of the things is, you know, I get to follow her career, you know, through social media. And we were, we knew each other. We were acquaintances, I would say more, probably more through you and Jared and some of the other guys from Maplewood that I'm friends with, the Barrickman family and things like that, where we'd run into each other at social functions and things. I wouldn't say any ways that we're, you know, we're great friends, but it was just fun to watch people's kind of life progression go through there and all the things that people accomplish and all the things that uh, people, you know, bring to the table, good and bad, you know, kind of. Yeah. I would say the one thing that um, I, I definitely pride myself on and want to pass on to my my boys is just like um, really reveling in other people people's successes, yeah. right? And, you know, you can be jealous. It's never been a part of me. Like when someone is successful like Tiffany or yourself with your coaching, like I get like an emotional high from that, yeah. watching somebody else do something amazing like sheila bancroft nick bancroft like all those things that they've done um you know it'd be very easy to become a hater for whatever reason i don't quite get that it's not yeah. in my mentality or my my genome so to speak but like i just love watching people like it's tiffany was just i mean small town country girl yeah amazing success yeah and i'm i'm the same i'm the same type of person that you are as far as that that goes um you know i've probably done a, you know career-wise had to make some concessions you know to keep up the coaching because I do so much with it as far as JOs and all that kind of stuff where I have to have the right career to be able to do that because I'm not a teacher. Yeah. So, um, you know, maybe that's held me back a little bit professionally, but I wouldn't change anything that I've done, you know, uh, you know, for that. You know, could I have made more money? Probably. You know, do more things like that. You but know, that's that, not you. Yeah, no, that's <laughs> not me. That's not me. And, you know, I think that has a lot to do with why I don't feel that way about other people when they're successful, you know. Just like, this is my thing. I'm doing my thing. You know, I know what kind of person I am. I hope they're doing great. You know, all those kind of things. Exactly. Well, you know, before we kind of go to our closing session here, uh, we're going to go do the Sawbones Challenge, which okay. I didn't tell you anything about. No, you did not. We're, we're going to have some fun with that. But, um, you know, this is something that I do with all my guests, and it's going to bring back some memories for okay. you. It's going to be a lot of fun. Um, I know Renee Snyder, uh, my PA Jake, uh, she kind of, requested something like this so we're gonna have some fun but we're gonna go outside for this oh we're gonna go outside okay so oh you ready to hoop it up oh yeah okay oh, yeah. um so stay tuned for the sawbones challenge it's coming up next ladies and gentlemen welcome to the main event here we are for another edition of the sawbones challenge so you looking forward to this i am looking forward to this so i kind of told you the rules right we're yep. going to shoot I'll call it the lazy man's three. It's not quite, probably a three-pointer. And maybe the basket's not quite at 10 feet, but it's, it's close enough. Uh, first one to five, we'll alternate shots. Okay. I always let my guests go first. Okay, right? so, that's fine, you know, that's give fine. You, give you that honor. Uh, so cheers and, and, and good luck. In true fashion of myself, uh, we have to put some kind of wager on it. Okay. So there's no, there's no, I'm not doing some kind of athletic contest without wagering on it. I mean, that's- You place the wager That's though. That's adult head. Tell you what, uh, first round of drinks at the club. Sounds like a plan. All right, All right. here we go. Do you need any more warm up shots? No, nope, ready I'm to go. Good. Normally, I have my boys here to uh, rebound. Oh, that's nice. Tier two. A little low. That was right on target, yeah. too. 
So Justin, in closing, um, any, I always ask my guests, like, where do you see yourself in five years or 10 years or 15 years from now? Jeez. Um, I would say, you know, five, you know, down the road here, short term, um, I got a great group of uh, kids coming up in the volleyball program. You know, after 20 some years, people always ask me, you know, are you getting to the end of your rope? And in a lot of things I kind of am probably, I, I'm not, you know, I always tell people I don't know that I'm the coach that I was, you know, seven or eight years ago. But I got a good group coming up. Um, I'm going to work with them, you know, at least in the short term, next four or five years. See myself uh, still coaching volleyball at Sagertown. Um, hopefully still working at Fame RV and all that kind of stuff because I love working there. And hopefully getting back behind the bar and doing a little bartending here. That was going to be my question because you, you sound very passionate about that. And quite honestly, you just let me know where you're at because I will be coming in to uh, – Enjoy a pint yeah. in front of uh, the bar that you are behind. Yeah, well, there's a couple good places in Sagertown that, you know, they redid a couple bars there, and it's gonna be it's gonna be nice. So hopefully, I can get on the staff there somewhere. Um, but yeah, but but long term, uh, I mean, you're not leaving Northwest Pennsylvania anytime I, soon, are no, you? No, I'm not leaving Northwest Pennsylvania. <laughs> My parents do have a condo that they own down in Florida, so you know, hopefully that stays in the family. Um, and I do go down to visit them from time to time down there. And hopefully that stays in the family and I can spend some more time down there and do some golfing and do some things like that. Because right now my schedule just doesn't allow that. But hopefully down the road, um, you know. I a little bit more time for you. A little bit more time for me. Yeah. So. But you're still young, man. You got you got some years left to coach. and Yeah. I'd love to love to see you win a state championship. I mean. Yeah. I know how hard that is. Um, but, man, I, you get there, 
I'm coming to cheer you on. Yeah. Well, we've been there. Tw- the boys program, we've been there twice. Um, and it's been a great experience both times. Just couldn't get over the hump in that game. Uh, we've been, you know, in the semifinals a few times, those kind of things. But, you know, like I tell people, it's a tough gig in Crawford County at boys volleyball. Like you got to, you know, it's, it's hard just to get out of the out of District 10, you know, with those guys. You know, you got got Meadville and, and Cochran. Cochran's playing for a state championship this Saturday. Oh, my. And, uh, yeah, they made it to the state. They actually beat Mercier's Prep, you know, another District 10 team who actually knocked off Meadville, who's been ranked second in the state all year. So I it's heard about a, that, yeah. It's always a grinder, you know, when you get through there. But, you know, that's what competition does for you. If you can get through, if you got a great team around here, you got a chance to win it all. So one of the things I always kind of – uh, joke with people when you know I meet them whether I was in Detroit or uh, somewhere that didn't know Northwest Pennsylvania was so big for like especially boys volleyball um, I would say and I think this is pretty true like you played baseball if you couldn't make the the boys volleyball team it yeah. was almost like a backup sport yeah yeah well uh, Sagertown wasn't always like that but yeah Maplewood for sure I mean Maplewood your school has such a rich tradition with volleyball either gender girls or boys I mean, Sheila just won her, what, fourth or fifth state championship yeah. this year. Um, and of course, the boys' team has won the state championship at least twice, and they've been in the game a couple other times. I mean, it's just a big tradition in Crawford County. Uh, I like what they were talking about in the paper, the Meadville Tribune here the last few days, about how co- the Cochrane community, like, there's kids on that team whose parents and, you know, and, and, and grandparents – you know, grew up through the Cochrane volleyball program. And it's just neat to see that everybody's still sticking around and everybody still has everybody involved in it. It's just a really, really unique experience that I don't think you really have anywhere else. Is Ryan Jackson the coach? Uh, he's the assistant coach. Okay. Uh, Rob Trinikowski is the head coach. He's a teacher at Cochrane and a good friend of mine. Of course, Ryan Jackson played with us. Yeah. You know, one of my only, I think, red cards ever was directly related to ryan we were screaming across the net at one at yeah. one another but. something that used to be a lot of fun about playing volleyball that they don't let you do anymore which i'm really disappointed oh about, god it was so good wasn't it across the net at each other oh yeah that's i i say that's where i that's where you learn to uh react quickly to what people say to you was playing volleyball back in the day when somebody said something about your mama across the net you know you had to you had to be on your toes or your you were going to look bad. Yeah. I mean, I specifically remember like playing Meadville uh, quite a bit in the district 10 and Kalani Wong. I mean, that guy could jump out of the gym and I'd say 90% of the time he would just hit over me when I was trying to block him. But there was a couple of times where I blocked him and it was the best feeling in the world. Yeah. And I mean, you'd just be screaming across the net, which they just wouldn't allow yeah. these days. Yeah. They just don't allow that these days. So, well, Justin, thank you so much for coming on. This Thanks for been, having me. This it was has a been blast. awesome. I'm looking forward to some golf this afternoon. Yeah, yeah, I'm looking so forward to it too. It's going to be a little frustrating on the the greens. We're playing Kakwa Golf Course this afternoon, but um, it's going to be fun. Yeah, I'm looking forward to it. Uh, one of the benefits of having all this done is you know being able to be more active. And I just want to before we get done, I just want to thank you for everything that you've done for me. Um, personally, it's been a tough journey with everything that I have going on uh, with with my joint issues, you know, over the years and right now how i'm feeling and 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 even after you even did my knee initially it's been a life changer for me i mean it's it's really i really appreciate everything that you've done yeah dude it's been a privilege to gain your trust and respect to be able to do that because i've operated on a lot of people i mean tens i've done over ten thousand joint replacements but to be able to do something your age that you grew up with that's like an honor and a privilege to me so thank you for trusting me you're welcome thank you all right thanks everybody Have a great day.
tell me all about it, Doc. 